Hey friends, Coach Shelby and Coach Christine welcoming you in and letting you know it's time for a brunch Quick Bites edition, where you can grab your miles with a side of smiles, take them on the run midday, in the afternoon, or a late night snack attack. So let's have some fun, whatever your activity of choice is today, or maybe you're just driving along, we're happy to have you. And we have, as always, a very special guest here at the brunch table, welcoming a fellow brunch brunch member. And, well, you're going to hear a really incredible story today. So without further ado, we are introducing Nikki Kozak, a metastatic melanoma cancer survivor who is here to share her story about overcoming the odds and providing skin cancer prevention tips for runners as we prepare to go into those hot summer training, even though these are great practical tips for all year round. So without further ado, Nikki, we are so excited to have you here today. Well, thank you for having me, especially it's uh, Melanoma Awareness Month and it's Brain Tumor Awareness Month. So it all kind of go gray in May or where you're black in May uh, because that's bringing attention to it all. And wear your sunscreen all the time. 365. Right? 365. Absolutely. 365 all the time. I mean... it. I'm sure the damage was done when I was a child. So if you have children, put sunscreen on your children. I I agree. We were oh yeah, squirming <laughs> and all. Coach Shelby says, "Don't you just spray them?" Yeah, down, no matter Coach how Shelby? much they scream, just keep it away from their eyes. <laughs> oh no, I I take the. It, there was a big debate of it was suntan cream or suntan lotion. I call it suntan lotion. So yeah, we we lather up and we're greased up pigs at the end of the day. <laughs> and yes, that exactly is the the way I say it. So you're welcome, <laughs> listeners. Well, let's peel back the layers a little bit here. And well, we are super prepared to get all the tips. Um, and we wish we could turn back the hands of time. And maybe I would not have gone into those indoor canning booths, but I'm going to I'm going to say that the, the damage may have been done in that regards. But we want to make sure that we are prepared moving forward. Let us know, Nikki, a little bit about your story, if you could if you could bring us up to date on it. Uh, the well is short and dirty, since this is a quick bite, um, <laughs> is I was um, heavy into running and cycling, best shape of my life, uh, 42 years old, I think I was at the time. I had, I had run a marathon, my first marathon, and uh, I was injured during that time so I got into cycling and I was riding my bike every single day I drove into work as a radio DJ in the morning doing the morning shift live brought my bike with me figured nothing was wrong I had no idea anything was going on um, it was spring it was April so I thought maybe I was having some allergies because I was having a little trouble breathing when I was riding the hills and at 8.15 on a Friday morning I went catatonic and my morning show partner um, called my husband and he said, has Nikki ever been so angry with you that she just stopped talking to you? And then I fell out of my chair and he goes, "Never mind, I have to call 911. And I just thought, I I didn't know anything. I mean, I didn't know anything was wrong with me. I had just gotten up and gone to the bathroom and come back to my chair. So as far as I knew, the world was totally normal. And I woke up I looked up and I was looking at a first responder who was trying to put a neck brace on me and I just kept insisting <laughs> I did not want to wear that neck brace. I didn't know what the problem was. And I, it's, it's a strange thing. Um, 
I don't know if it was the location in my brain that the tumors were happening in, but I really gave zero, let's keep this PG crap, um, <laughs> about what, what was happening. I had just no idea. Um, kind of feel sorry for the guy that had to ride with me in the back of the ambulance because I was asking all kinds of questions. I was super talkative. So I've never been in an ambulance before. Do they all have that stuff on the ceiling? What is that? What is this? What is that? And he was trying to get my name, my age, you know, all my emergency contacts. And I just was just a babble beast at the time. So but I, yeah, I got to like, the that's hospital. funny, not funny. Cause I'd be the I same know. way. I <laughs> was just like super talkative. I was like, people pay me to talk. I'm a DJ. This is what I do. So, but I, yeah, I got to the emergency room. I was going to say, plus it's your stress response. Likely. I probably was. Yeah. I, I mean, I had never been in an ambulance. I was super curious too. So, um, but yeah, they, they did a, a CT of my brain and saw something in there. Then they dragged me down the hall for an MRI um, which I was so out of it that I don't really recall either of those things happening. Um, my husband and my son were there. They remember more about it. Apparently, I had another seizure at the ER when they told me I had brain tumors. Um, again, might have been a stress response, but I wasn't. I was kind of... And, uh, but yeah, come to find out, I, I went down to um, USC because the neurosurgeon up here, first of all, he's like 75 years old, so I was not gonna have him cutting into my brain. No offense to 75 year old men, but I don't want sharp objects near my skull <laughs> um, if they're in your hands. I yeah. prefer somebody a little younger yeah. who little that's steadier. all they do. Just a little steadier, right. So, yeah. So my husband said, no, 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 we're going to LA. And uh, I actually had my first brain surgery, which you two get the, the, the vision of the dent here in my head that listeners won't get that. But um, I had that 11 days after ending up in the emergency room. And the, the biopsy of that showed that it was melanoma. Now I had had a previous one removed from my right shoulder in 2006. It was a very early stage melanoma. And I was told, quote, it's all gone, you're cured, you don't need to worry about this anymore. You have about a two to four percent chance that this is ever going to come back. And but the story didn't really end it there. Did. <laughs> no, it was, that was 2007 when I had it taken off my shoulder and it was 2013 when I had a seizure and fell out of my chair. So really, you should be seeing a dermatologist. I mean, my my family doctor said, oh, no, you know, we can do the skin checks and the physicals and, and all of that. But you have to advocate for yourself because, I mean, I thought I was going to be okay with that. And every six months I saw my family doctor and apparently it was not, it was not enough. And I, I was either the most unlucky person in the two to four percent odds that it would come back or something got missed and, and overlooked that really should have been further looked into. So I want to point out, Nikki, that we're going to be pointing people towards your blog so that folks can see um, that the photos that maybe they're not, they're not able to see here on the podcast because you've got, you've got quite a few different images. I think also in your blog, what sticks out to me is the fact that you just hit on it, that you don't necessarily 100% cure 
this type of cancer. It is something that you need to be more aware of. You need to, as you mentioned, be able to advocate for yourself, get those regular checkups with the specialists that know best. So at this point, that sounds like something that if folks are rolling through here or maybe they want to add it to their to-do list, um, take a quick moment to make that specialist appointment with their dermatologist just for a check-in and then make it a little bit more of a regular date. It's, I mean, I think seeing the dermatologist is probably the the least painful way of bearing it all. I mean, we go to the OBGYN. We might as well go yeah. to the dermatologist. Right? right. I would rather go to the dermatologist any day of the week. Oh, me too. Yeah. I mean, they call it a toga party now in the melanoma world. It's like, hey, I got my toga party today and you're putting on your... Your humiliating gown, but I was like, "Hey, at least it's not the scooch scooch doc." I don't. I that's. I call it the scooch. Could you scooch down a little further? Could you scooch down a little further? Could you scooch down a little? It's like you know, <laughs> scooch scooch appointments are far less comfortable than than Nikki, I'm never referring just... to a gyn ever again. <laughs> <laughs> that said, my scooch scooch dog I, checks that zone where my dermatologist does not. He doesn't okay. look in that area. He 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 leaves that to to gynecology. So that actually is a really good point, though, because especially depending on your exposure, you know, there's different parts mm-hmm. to get exposure. So right. you can't well, just are- look for the the high. The high traffic areas. Coach, I don't know that we can talk about the scooch scooch doctor and high traffic areas, my friend. That might be a high traffic area. It's just not yeah. high exposure. Yeah. <laughs> it might Listen, be the most I'm trying traffic. to give the people all the information. Okay. That might be more traffic than any area. Let's. We, we have, we're going to reel this back. We, I swear this was not derailed. part of it. <laughs> Okay, as we Off bring the it back curb, into the gutter, whoosh. <laughs> yeah. We're going to bring it back. We're going to get it, bring it back. We're going to bring it back to the cycling. <laughs> so you were an avid cyclist, you're an avid runner. I was just going to say real quick, there there are areas of your body um, under your fingernails, the bottom of your feet, places that you don't typically suntan or get sun exposure um, that, that can get melanoma, particularly if you have had one anywhere on your body any lower level one anywhere, it means your body has a propensity to put this forth. So it can happen. So have your hairdresser check through your hair on your scalp. Uh, look at the bottom of your feet. You know your body better than anyone else. If something is changing, growing, getting darker, looks different, just make note of it and point it out to someone. Oh my gosh. Thank you for saying that, Nikki. Uh, last year I had my first bout with a little with uh, skin cancer and I would have been that person who would have swore to you that never, ever, ever would I have it because I'm Hispanic heritage. Nobody in my family has ever had it. And while I'm pale because I avoid the sun now, I have a rather natural olive complexion. So I just assumed that it wouldn't be something that I would necessarily have to worry about. And exactly as you said, it ended up popping up in an area that doesn't necessarily have as much sun exposure. It was in my lower extremity and I was kind of floored by it. And I think another really good reason to think about it, friends, and getting in with those dermatologists is that if you wait until you have an area of concern, it can take a long time to get in with those dermatologists versus having that regular checkup and having that regular relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's, I mean, it's up to a year around here because we have so few we're, we're just not I'm in a rural area and it's it's hard to come by them so I mean if you point it out to your family care doctor whoever you have 
I mean, they could do something about it. They can at least send it off for pathology. And then, yeah, if it's something a dermatologist needs to take further care of or a dermatological surgeon, then you're in the door with dermatology. And then it's just follow-up appointments that are a lot easier to, to track. But yeah, I mean, it can. It can happen anywhere on your body to anyone. So you definitely need to sunscreen up and and take care of it oh and there's no such thing as a safe tan by the way there are people i know there are rumors out there that say well you should get a base tan it's protective no if there is any color to your skin that is not the same color as your booty or the palms of your hands it's the wrong color it should be (laughs) you should be a uniform color that said i do i do guilty i have some shorts lines from my running shorts um because yeah, it just I just yeah there's a certain amount of time where at some point the sunscreen is going to get beat i mean it's it's 50 spf but if you're out often enough so but my dermatologist said he would rather i have a very light tan line because of running than to be sitting on the couch and being pasty white and you know not getting in the the effort and the exercise that build a strong body and keep your immune system on edge. Or we could always faux tan. Like tan in a bottle has come a long way yep. from what it used to be. It's no- <laughs> Oh my so gosh. Like, then your palms will be orange. Not if you use the right yeah. mitts. Well, you wear those gloves or something. Yeah. Listen, ain't nobody got time for that. Latex gloves. No, I, uh, I just... <laughs> well, anyway, I just as learned to live with frozen turkey white. everything. <laughs> Well, I want to I want to reel it back for a second because I think a really uh, poignant portion of the story is so you went and you got some of the melanoma removed in 2007. Yes. Correct. And then it doesn't seem like there was any warning signs, any other pop ups, anything like that until you got to the seizure portion. Right. Yes, that's that was exactly what happened. Now, the difference between a stage 1A, which is what I was told that I had on in 2007, and a stage 3 are whether there are lymph nodes involved or not. And the only way they know that is to test the lymph nodes. And they won't do that if they say something was shallow enough. They, they won't test for it. So I never actually had my lymph nodes tested. So the only other trouble that I had was in 2010, no, 2012, I wrecked my bike really hard, lost a lot of skin. So I went in and got a tetanus shot. Well, I got the tetanus shot in my right arm, which is the right shoulder is where I had the the melanoma removed. And I got a third boob grew in my right armpit. It swelled up so badly that... There had to have been, I mean, I actually went to my doctor for that. And I was like, there's a lot of swelling here. Is this normal from a tetanus shot? And he said, well, it can be with some people, you know, just take over the counter pain meds. And it was six months later that I ended up having my seizure. They found out that I had a golf ball sized tumor in my right lower lung lobe. So the lymph nodes in my right armpit were very likely affected with melanoma already. And it had gone from there into my right lung and then eventually up into my brain. So it, it took, I mean, it took six years until I finally fell out of my chair, five and a half years until I fell out of my chair. But all that time it was actually invading and I had no clue, just none. It's 
it seems like a lot of like a cavalcade of errors, basically. And unfortunately, it seems like there were things that at that point you didn't know to advocate for yourself. And quite frankly, I don't think the majority of the population would would know to to question or advocate to get the care that they do need. So I I I think it's an important portion to note that skin cancer and melanoma isn't always as neon lights of like, hey, something's going on. And to really, no pun intended, dig deeper into, okay, this is happening. What are the next steps? And being a questioner, in all honesty. And if the questions don't get adequate answers to to have to take that upon yourself to find how to get adequate answers, which again, your blog is a wealth of information. Absolutely. You have so many great resources here. There are, um, there are places on social media that you can go if you've even been diagnosed with the lowest level of, of skin cancer and you think this is no big deal. You can just ask people questions. What do they do? What do they think they should be doing? Is there something further that they should be testing for? Is there, when I got it, I mean, I thought, okay, it's melanoma. So you cut it off the skin and it's gone. I mean, I was that, I don't want to say stupid, um, ignorant, I guess would be the word, that it it could spread inside. And, and oddly enough, we actually knew um, of a man whose son died at 32 of metastatic melanoma. And it just, when I got it, I thought, oh, well, mine wasn't this, whatever this metastatic is. It was just on my skin. And it's like, well, yeah, the difference between on your skin and metastatic is the stuff that grew on your skin then spread in throughout your system. And that's, so it was, it was a whole education that a lot of, um, you know, nobody wants to default to, well, this is probably a lung tumor. They're like, well, yeah, here's your allergy meds. Or, you know, well, I'm having a headache. Yeah, but I also get migraines. So is it a migraine or is it a brain tumor? I mean, you don't think in your life, especially at 42, 44 years old, that, hey, I think I might have a brain tumor. Something's seriously wrong with me. And while you don't want to live paranoid, you also, once you have confirmation that there's an issue, follow through on it and just make sure that you know your body and you know when something's not it's not right i mean we, we yeah, teach I'm, ourselves to ignore our bodies and our pains as yes, runners i mean you just right, kind of yes. go okay you're being a wuss knock it off but at some <laughs> point maybe you're not being as wuss you have to learn how to tune in when it is just your mind playing tricks on you yeah so in an in an effort to because i think Really, at the end, we just, a lot of us, and I'd say most of us, are just ill-informed. And we're not taught these things. So while we are glad that your story had a a happy ending, um, how has it kind of changed the way that you approach your outdoor activity? And what type of precautions do you take now that you wish people would take currently before they'd have to walk a similar path to yours. Make sure you take care of your kids because that's that's where it could start. I had blistering sunburns as a child. I mean, I was the teenager where the copper tone baby, you know, you pulled it and I didn't tan, I would burn. So it was burn then brown, burn then brown. Um, when my sister came in to visit me at the hospital after my first brain surgery, 
she goes, oh my gosh, your legs are so strong and tan. Oh, I'm so jealous. And I thought, you are aware that I'm sitting here having had melanoma removed from my brain. I should not be this tan, but I was. I was I was a lovely dark shade of brown because I thought, well, they took the melanoma off. I don't have to worry about it. So I was out riding my bike. I was out for hours a day in the sun doing everything. So once I had the diagnosis, I went into instant paranoia and I, I wanted to live like a vampire. I didn't want to go out in the sun. Um, the best times to, to be outside are before 9 or 10 a.m. Between 10 a.m. and about 3 or 4 p.m., that's when the sun is, is at its peak. That's when it's at its strongest. Um, your clothing can do some level of protection. It's better if it's something of a tight weave. It doesn't necessarily have to be UPF clothing, although that is available. It tends to be more expensive. Um, but any most lycra is pretty, pretty tight weave. Basically, if you hold it up to the sun and you can see light through it, it's less protective. So if, if you hold something up to the, the sunlight and it's a total block, you're doing okay. You're doing better. You should still wear a thin layer of sunscreen underneath and just make sure you're in the shade as much as possible. You reapply the sunscreen after two hours if you've been sweating like crazy. Maybe even sooner if you really are susceptible to, to burning. Just and take care of yourself. But you can still enjoy being outside. Wear your sunglasses, wear a hat, wear, you know, I don't like having sunscreen on my face. So I tend to wear hats a lot. And if you're on the water or the snow, you get that extra reflection. So you have to watch under your chin and everything <laughs> for that kind of burn. Even your ears. I actually had something scraped off the top of one of my ears. It was not a melanoma, but it was uh, a basal cell or something that had to be taken off. Because just being outside with a baseball hat on, the tops of my ears were getting more sun than I was aware of. So there are ways you can protect yourself and still fully enjoy being outside. I mean, I live in California. You guys are in Florida. The, the beach is a thing. We just, that's what we do. And I mean, you just, you don't want to wreck your love of the outdoors because now you want to live like a vampire. There are still like exactly what you said, getting in there before the sun's at its highest peak, which here in the Sun Belt anyway, you need to do that regardless, just so that you don't have a heat stroke with how hot it is. So all the way around, these practices kind of carry over into each other to helping you stay as healthy as possible. Um, so getting out with those running groups early in the morning is always great. As you mentioned, I kind of like the, the second you mentioned that hat, I think what kind of chic beach hat can I definitely add to my t like Amazon wish list? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they're right? fabulous. Those wide brims. <laughs> I actually have a runner here that she always has one of the wide brim hats. And every single time I see her, I always, I always think I'm like, you're so smart. Is she running in it in a wide brim yes. hat? Yes. Really? It's a big, okay. It, again, I'm in like South Florida. We're beach central. Uh, so yeah. it's that like wickery type of wide brim that it it looks fabulous i'm just saying too have safety but make it fashion talking about when you went through this it was a long haul it didn't happen where you went into treatment and it was yeah, three it years. was a very long haul 
How did you, and I know you have in your blog and you've written about it, how it became your new normal, cancer life became your new normal. Did that change your training? Did it change your focus of your training? I know that you also have some links about how to to live as healthfully as possible. Can you expand on that? I, I ended up walking everywhere because when you have a seizure, at least here in California, I'm sure it's probably true throughout the United States, you're not allowed to drive for six months. So that will make a person go insane, um, especially someone who's active. And my husband was, you know, he had to go back to work. He wasn't comfortable with me being on my bicycle by myself. So I would go out and I would walk. And if you've ever seen the bike lane, I started naming those those people that they paint in the bike lane on the, the stick figure on the bike. I started calling him Chug Along Charlie. And I used to talk to Chug Along Charlie every time I would pass one and I'd be like, that's it. I'm gonna be riding over your face in the next six months. I will be riding over your face again. So get ready for it, Chuck. And I just, it was just trying to get out and be a normal person and not be offended when people say, oh, you just you just had skin cancer, so like, what's the problem? It's like, well, <laughs> it's not just skin cancer. And I, I don't know, just, just trying to, you notice the beauty in the world when your life has been threatened. You notice more beauty around you, which ends up being a double-edged sword because then you really don't want to let go of that beauty. But you, you do, you need to take it in. And somebody put it online recently. I think it was one of the, the brunchers put something on on Facebook about noticing little bits of beauty, like bites of beauty around you. Notice, I don't know, when a little kid smiles at you, you know, in, in a passing car or where as much as we hate for it to happen in our own driveway where a weed or a dandelion or something comes up through the crack and you're thinking, ugh, you're going to destroy my driveway. But at the same time, it's like, wow, nature is so powerful to have been able to do that. That's that's gorgeous. Look at that shade of yellow. Oh my gosh. And now I'm going to pluck it from my driveway, but it's really super pretty. <laughs> so you just, I don't know, you have to take in those, those small moments because we don't all get those grand, ah, standing in front of the Grand Canyon kind of moments. But you get a lot of little ones during the day that if you notice them, they can offset the garbage that's going through your life. Like I have to drive back down to LA to get an infusion or, you know, yeah, I might need another brain surgery. I might need more brain radiation. I might need whatever. Just just taking in all those little pieces and building your, your new life because... That's, it's part of what you're going to do now. You're going to go to doctor's appointments very, very regularly. And, I mean, it's it's better off if you can prevent those doctor's appointments. But just enjoy what's around you and enjoy the fact that you can get out. That's interesting that you say that. There is this book called The Power of Awe based off of the research that actually finding awe in our everyday is what it takes to help you get through chronic pain or pain or difficult times in life. And like you said, it's, it's kind of a gratitude practice, but even a little bit more so finding awe, like you said, in that dandelion weed. So I appreciate you sharing that. That's absolutely such a great point. Well, especially as runners, because you guys, you guys will tell us, you know, we get to do this. You got to reset your, your mind frame. We get to do this. And while you're out and you're thinking, I get to do this, that's, that's when there are those little moments of awe. 
little mouse running through the field, a you know, bird up in the tree screaming at you as you go by, anything. I mean, those are just, that's the time to absorb and notice those kinds of things. And it's really a shame that we have to have those gut-checking realities to reel it back to that simplicity. But again, it, it really is true. And it's very easy in today's world to see the good, to make the appointment. And I know I'm guilty of saying that I am busy. I don't have time for X, Y, and Z. But it all kind of wraps itself into the same mindset of enjoy the little things. Take the time for your health. Take the time to enjoy the dandelion, the the nature and everything. And really kind of stripping life back down to the basics. And it is very deep and philosophical, but it is the truth. And even like as runners, again, we get to do this. No one's making us. So it's, yeah, it's a healthy reminder to not get so caught up in life that you don't really live and enjoy life. Exactly. Yeah. We, we ended up finding that it used to be work, sleep, shower, repeat. And that's not how it is anymore at all. Our time is so valuable to us now that it's like, if you really don't want to do something, I mean, don't make yourself a hermit because I'm already a hermit by nature. But, you know, if you really don't, if you don't want to do something, learn to say no. I mean, it's easy to do when you have the excuses. Sorry, you know, I just had brain surgery last week or I have radiation tomorrow. It's easy to say no. (laughs) But yeah, I've... No one's going to argue with that. Yeah, exactly. The cancer card hits the table. But yeah, you just, you have to learn how to, again, advocate in your best interest for, for not tabling, not taking on so much. Don't volunteer for every parent thing going on at the school. Don't, yeah, don't overload your plate if you don't have to. Otherwise you develop a dark sense of humor. I feel like this originally started as an awareness of of skin cancer, but now I feel like we're just getting life lessons from Nikki. Like this is, this is so much power within the words that you're saying, especially I think as we start to embark on summer where it could be a very overwhelming time for parents where kids are back at home and maybe you're out. So from the one thing that you have to say yes to is sunscreen and everything else can wait is what I'm hearing. And say yes to your kids because you only have them for so long. My son is 32 now and you only get them for so so long and man when they learn to drive you never see them you try and teach them to be independent grown-up people and then they turn into that and you just go well where'd my baby go because now I want my needy little child back and I that's not gonna happen because he grew up into this strong independent person so (laughs) it's just again life lessons you did a good job (laughs) mama (laughs) yeah I, I just but I think that's a testament to, to who you've surrounded yourself with, because it seems like you not only went through all of the health stuff, but it really seems like you changed a lot of how you live. It, where did you have a really strong base 
when you were going through all of this or did you learn to say no to certain people and and really make your own community from there? Um, I, I had a lot of our our riding group because I was we had a cycling club that, that we were riding with. And so, I, I mean, we were surrounded by all of those people and those friends because they were all pretty shocked and pretty scared themselves because, you know, we would regularly go out for four hour bike rides and be all of us out in the sun all day. And so they started wondering, you know, can it happen to me? Because Nikki's one of the strongest, youngest members of this group. And what happened? So, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like I, I did. I had a, a very strong support group. Um, my son and my husband came down to all of my early appointments. My husband has never missed an appointment at all. Um, and we also have a very warped sense of humor, which... If you end up looking at my blog, you're going to notice a lot of that. And I don't mean to offend if, because some cancer patients are a little more sensitive than we are. Um, I, I don't know. My husband would ask if, uh, if they could, when they did brain radiation, if they could target the less mouthy section of my brain. Like, so the second time I ended up having a seizure, it was the left half of my face and my left hand. And I, I couldn't speak because I had no control over the left half of my face. And so when we went down for the follow-up appointment before I, I was going to get my second brain surgery, um, he goes, you know, I, I, I felt a little bad. I felt like, oh, my God, they actually hit it. They made her less mouthy. There it is. And he goes, I feel a little guilty about that now. <laughs> but at the same, I mean, he was also calling me Brain Fried Betty. So one of the gifts that I gave to my team was I made them apple cider um, oh it had a lot of vodka in it so it was <laughs> it tasted like apple pie hot apple pie mix and and I put brain fried Betty's hot apple pie cider and I said you know it'll cure all that what ails you and I put a a picture of a brain in a pan frying because everybody down there knew that he called me brain fried Betty and I mean, people just are like, wow, I can't believe you say that about your wife. You're, you're lucky you're not getting smacked. <laughs> I'm here for the dark humor. Like, I'm I'm all about dark humor. Shelby, I literally and- just said that to her last night. I was like, you are going to be like fast friends with Shelby. You guys, the sense of humor well, is Well, after right listening to the Mother's Day thing, I am... I'm, I'm a lot like Shelby's mom, your mom. I was just like, yes, yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Me too, me too. <laughs> Long gloss, twinsy. We also start talking about how elephants evidently are a matriarchal society. And the minute that I was like hearing all these facts about it, I was like, oh my gosh, that's like Shelby's home. Like it's like, <laughs> it's just like this, like herd of powerful women and like just to kind of follow the leader of the wisest woman ever so anyway Nikki let's bring it back to you you did in your blog tons of great um, gifts tons of funny memes there's no doubt there is quite a bit of levity to really deliver this incredibly powerful message of self-advocacy being aware protecting ourselves protecting the little ones or maybe not so little ones in our lives all of those things are definitely prevalent in there but another aspect that's prevalent is some of the things that maybe you did that set you apart. Because I think that from what I'm hearing you say, it went from 4% chance of it returning or becoming more severe to when it was finally diagnosed, when it had permeated and kind of, and I, and I hate to use this word, but kind of like um, insidiously taken through your system 
your chances of survival at that point was 4%. And I have to think it's because of your healthy lifestyle, your positive attitude, all those things, um, and some great doctors and medicine kind of helped you along. Would you say that there are factors that you can kind of credit with helping to increase your odds of survival? Yeah, definitely. The, the fitness for sure, because any kind of cancer you're going to be diagnosed with, um, the treatments can be, they can be rough. Um, I never had to have chemo. I was fortunate to have immunotherapy, which is now starting to take off for other cancers. It's no walk in the park, <laughs> but it's also not chemo. The idea of chemo is it destroys cells and whether they're healthy cells or they're cancer cells, it doesn't distinguish. Immunotherapy ramps up your immune system to take care of it. Um, when I was diagnosed in 2013, Keytruda, which you see TV commercials about all the time now, uh, was in trials. But because I had brain tumors, I was not allowed in the trials, which I understand the, these companies, they want to get the stuff out to market and they have to prove it works to get it out to market. So if you've got people with brain tumors who have a 4% chance of survival, you don't want your drug going into them and having them die on you anyway, because then it makes your statistics look worse for getting it out to the public. So while I was upset about that, you know, we needed to take care of the brain. And then I got on Keytruda and it, it, it worked out for me. It worked very well. Um, I'm in like the 15 to 35% of people that it works for. But yeah, part of it is it's, you have to have some joy in your life because stress will make cancer worse. It, it, stress weakens your immune system. And if you're on immunotherapy, you really want your immune system working and functioning. Um, getting exercise and getting fresh air will actually help your immune system. So, you know, having people around you that support you and care about you, even if they're we call them melahomies because there's a group online that are, I mean, they're all people with melanoma, whatever different level they've had. And, you know, we, we support one another and it's kind of like the brunchers. I mean, you've got brunchers out there and you, you get to know these people and you care about these people, whether you've met face to face or not, these people are your, your friends and you know them and you hear them. And so, yeah, when, when something goes wrong, if you've had a similar experience and you can relate to what they're saying and you reach out to them, that's a healthy connection to have. So, I mean, not to give people another reason to listen to Time for Brunch, but it's another reason to listen to Time for Brunch and, and get to know your fellow brunchers and get to know each other on social media just because you, you already have the similarity of wanting to run and, and do better for your yourself and getting fit. So why not? I mean, now you're going to support each other on a new level. You're hitting on my love language, not just because you're talking about brunch, but because you're talking about, <laughs> I swear, it's not just because you're talking about how fabulous brunch is, <laughs> I, but you're hitting on my love language of really um, increasing your support network, increasing your connection, because at the end of the day, that connection with others is, it's, I mean, it's just proven to really help in so many different ways. And that's quite quite a big marker of your story is as again, as I go through your blog, you talk about like your connection with your, your medical team, your connection with your doctors, your connection with your husband, even the inside jokes, all of those things really, or as you call them, your mellow homies, all of these things kind of helping you to move forward as positively as possible, which brings us to the next question that I have. You've given us 
a lot to think about. You've given us so much wonderful advice, but what's next for Nikki? Like, what do we see? You said that you want to be able to say no to the things that don't necessarily serve you and creating those boundaries, which allows you to open up to say yes. What do you want to say yes to next? Wow. Um, I kind of got everything. I mean, my husband just, my husband just retired. Oh, congratulations. I mean, when Shelby said greased pigs with sunscreen, all I'm thinking is bacon. Um, but <laughs> so your team savory is what I'm hearing. A greasy pig is bacon. I can't help it. I was <laughs> well, that said, my husband will make these deep chocolatey pancakes that I love to eat too. So I'm team food. Um, I will eat anything. But yeah, uh, next for me, let's see. Well, I just did um, my second marathon. It took me 12 years in between. I did one pre-cancer and one post-cancer. So 12 years of aging in between was difficult enough. Uh, losing a lung lobe made it an extra challenge. Uh, so I, I mean, I really didn't set any goals other than to have fun. Just have fun with it. I will never do it again. Oh. So I wanted to make sure I had some fun with it. Can't say never. Um, no, I will never do it again. <laughs> I don't see myself ever doing it again. Okay, yes, that, that would probably be the better way of phrasing it because you just literally <laughs> never know, but okay. <laughs> Congratulations on that, by the way. It was so fun watching. Yeah, I know. It was so fun watching your training journey. And again, another way that you like inject positivity, even on the runs that may have been where it was embracing the suck a little bit. You still had a lot of fun with it from outside looking in. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So the... the I don't know. Next for me, I, I already signed up for um, the Santa Barbara Half Marathon. They don't, I don't think they do a full anymore, um, but they have a half marathon. It's in November. I signed up for it the moment that I could because I know I really enjoy that distance and that's what I wanted to do. My bib number is number nine. I was that early for signups. <laughs> I was the ninth person to register. So looking forward to that in, in November. Yeah, I'm going to look like I'm supposed to be fast and they're going to see this old lady trotting down the road and go, what's up with her? How did she get such a low bib number? No, they're going to say, look at that <laughs> bad mamma jamma getting it. For real. I was going to say another piece. word, but uh, that bad asphalter. <laughs> there yes, you go. Yes. <laughs> Kicking a lot of asphalt for sure. So yeah, looking forward to that. And like I said, um, my husband just retired in March, uh, 30 years of federal service, launching rockets out here at Vandenberg. And he's also got um, his retired Air Force which will be that that pail start rolling in and when that does we'll be spending even more money and time um i don't know we we would like to do some more national traveling we've been all over spain there's a little bit of spain we still want to see but nationally we still want to see some of the more hiking kind of things i'd like to go to bryce canyon i would like to see the grand canyon again i haven't seen it since i was 10 just kind of um fun travel stuff that's still exercise -y, I guess. I want to see Olympic National Park and just kind of those sorts of things. Oh, we're going to Yosemite too in October. So we've already got that on the list as well. So my my October and November are booked. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, yeah, maybe see see our kid more now. Where is where is kid? Is he in California? He's, he lives okay. about six hours away from us. He is, but California is, he's, he's six hours away. So if we were in New England, he'd just be, you know, might as well be in Tennessee. He's just that. But 
So yeah, and then my husband's also an instructor pilot, so we have a, a little airplane, and we can we want to adventure in that kind of like old people adventure in their RV. We want to adventure in our little Mooney airplane. Oh goodness! So lots of fun is on the agenda, and you're stimulating the economy, is what I'm hearing. Like there's, you know. You just have the opportunity. We will be stimulating the, the <laughs> national park system. Good. Oh, he, he can qualify for the, um, don't they have like a, a federal benefit for the national parks where you get like a discount to get into all of the national parks? You know, I'm going to look into that. I thought I was a designated couponer here. <laughs> Plus, he's retired military. He's a retired Air Force. So, so we'll thank him so much for his service. Oh, I'm so excited to hear that. Okay, so traveling and more movement, since movement's medicine, and it definitely keeps you healthy and happy, seeing kiddo. So I think that, friends, what we're hearing from Nikki is that that should be all of our to-do list, is the things that like make your soul happy, make you a little bit extra pep in your step. And hopefully that's with running, but if that's something you have to put on the back burner for a little bit, find a movement that, that quite literally creates as much joy and happiness as we see Nikki sharing on her face right here with us right now. Nikki, before we go ahead and um, bid adieu, we are again going to point people over to your blog because you've got so many great resources, but what kind of takeaway advice besides just living your best life would you want to give folks? Wow. Okay. Well, from a cancer patient perspective, don't ever, when somebody tells you they've been diagnosed with something, don't go, oh, my aunt had that. Um, She died. Don't ever do that to a person. Like, don't. You would be shocked how often that happens. Oh, my grandma had that. She died. No. If you know somebody who died of the cancer that they had, shut your mouth. Just don't say anything. Say, I'm sorry. I don't know what to say and walk away. I mean, I would rather somebody not hear it than, than to hear. The reason I even started my blog was to give people more more the upside, more the dark humor side, more the, the cheerful side. I hate to say that the cheerful side of cancer, but because you hear and read so much about it's it's a horrible, horrible thing to go through. Everybody knows that. So let's try and bring a little levity into life. So yeah, don't ever say that. That would be one one piece of advice as a cancer patient. Other than that, as just a human being, you know, if you can't get out for a run and you need some strength training, I've got 15 ton of rock that we just shoveled into the side of the driveway. If you want to come out here with a bucket and help me carry it up the hill, that would be fabulous. (laughs) Um, A little PSA strength training advice. Deep clean your house. You can get plenty of strength training out of that. And then you get to look at your wonderful landscape or your very nice clean house. And again, those small moments of awe. You clean your floors. It's a miserable, horrible thing. But you know what? You just got to work out. You burn some calories and you now have a gorgeous floor. So sit down on a chair and look at your floor. And when your significant other asks you what in the hell you're doing, you go, I am admiring a job well done. Look at how that shines. I mean, look at that. And don't step on it. Take your shoes off. <laughs> I think all of that was roundabout to yell at your, your other half to, <laughs> to not walk on your beautiful floors. Oh my goodness gracious. Okay. So we've learned so much, Nikki, mainly that we want you to come back and chit chat with us again, because it was so much fun hearing you kind of weave us through your own journey, but also weave us through not just advice on if you have a diagnosis that could be so life-changing, but how to really 
really truly live in our best days um, every single day. So thank you for that. With that said, uh, friends, again, use that link in episode notes, head on over to the blog that we posted, but of course, specifically head on over to cancersnewnormal.com with Nikki's story because she's got a whole lot of resources and some of the best memes. I feel like I feel like I got called out on some of these memes on this blog. So you're definitely going to want to head on over there and get a good laughter or two. Um, you can't go wrong with SpongeBob SquarePants and a unicorn. So that said, thank you again, Nikki, for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. And everybody put on your sunscreen when you get out for your run today and just know you get to do this. That's right, folks. It indeed is a privilege that we get to do. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Quick Bites. We look forward to having you come back and join us again this Friday for a Time for Brunch Runner's Etiquette Edition. And in the meantime, friends, we're going to keep serving up more miles with a side of smiles.